Welcome to the San Diego News Fix. I'm Christy Totten. New proposals are in for the sports arena site in the Midway District. Business reporter Jennifer Van Grove has been following the developments. Okay, Jennifer Van Grove, there's been a ton of news this week about proposals coming in for the sports arena site. It's a little dizzying, but can you give us the lay of the land, like how many companies are vying for this project and what are they proposing? Yeah, it is dizzying. That is the, the perfect term to describe <laughs> what's happening. So today, actually, there the city put out a press release um, noting that they're moving forward with five teams. So seven teams responded to the city's no- notice of availability, which is a very technical term um, because this isn't a traditional RFP process. This is something um, the city is doing. Uh, they're following um, state regulations. So it's, uh, very prescribed. And so there was a 60 day window, seven, uh, teams submitted bids for the site and the city eliminated two and now is moving forward with a so-called good faith negotiation period, which is 90 days with five of those teams. Um, and all five of those teams, I know I knew about so that was that was good the two other ones were kind of wild cards um but those two were eliminated because they didn't um they were considered not responsive I don't know exactly what they proposed but the city was asking um proposers to come in with either not either to come in with both 25 percent or at least 25 percent of housing units reserved for people making 80% or less of the area median income. And that is what's considered affordable housing. So they had to come in with that. Plus they had to come in with a new or renovated arena proposal. And so the five that we're working with right now, they're Discover Midway, Midway Village Plus, Midway Rising, Hometown SD, and Neighborhood Next. Gotcha. Well, (laughs) yeah, the fact that uh, they all have Midway in the name doesn't, you know, help to keep them sort of separate in my mind. But I mean, what can you tell me about the proposals? You said 25% affordable housing, you know, it has to come with a new stadium. You know, what are some highlights? So they each have a slightly different view on what they want to do with this 48 acres of land. Um, I'll start with Midway Village Plus, which is Toll Brothers Housing. Um, Revitate, which they're a sports real estate investment type firm, and Bridge Housing, which is an affordable housing builder. They they have a really um, interesting vision in that they not only do they want the 48 acres, but they want additional acreage right next to the land, and that is city-owned property. So they want to do a brand new arena. They want to do more than a thousand affordable units. Um, but they also want to do a 3,500 seat event center and let's see a 20,000 seat soccer venue um, for the San Diego Loyal. And so they have this really big, 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 several phased project that they have in mind. Um, and the interesting thing about them is Toll Brothers was part of a losing team during the first go around. So if you remember, there was a whole other bidding process that was invalidated by the state. Toll Brothers lost in that process to Brookfield Properties, which Brookfield Properties is a part of a team called Discover Midway. That group includes ASM Global, which is the current operator of the arena. And it includes Affirmed Housing and National Core, which are affordable housing builders. Their plan is 
we, I, um, I've done a pretty in-depth story on their plan because they've, they've shared a lot of information with me they're doing, um, or want to do, right. This is all, this is all just conceptual right now. Cause they're just proposing things, but they want to do 3,280 total housing units of which a thousand or so would be reserved for people making 60% of the area median income or less. Um, and they want to do a couple buildings of office, 150,000 square feet of retail. Uh, and then their arena proposal is different in that they want to do a renovated arena. They don't want to rebuild. Um, and they want to kind of reskin it, make it exciting, visually exciting, and create like make it more of a hub for the overall site. I'm not sure if I mentioned this, but Revitate, which is part of the Midway Village Plus group, they want to do an all new arena, 15,000 seats or more, um, and they want to do it on the eastern side of the property. So closer to um, people who are coming into that, that area, closer to kind of the, the big major thoroughfares there. So those are the two that we've seen versions of them in the past, all new Sub, uh, submitters are Midway Rising, which is, it's a combination of Zephyr as the, the, the market rate builder, Legends as the arena partner, and Chelsea Investment Group as the main affordable housing bidder. They also want to do a brand new arena, probably right around 16,000 seats, which is the how many seats we have there today. And they want to do more than a thousand affordable units. Let's see what else. Oh, and they're 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 proposing 29 acres of parks and open space, but that would be spread out across like multiple parks and and rooftop parks even. Um, and then there's Hometown SD, which is a very interesting proposal because their arena partner is JMI Sports, and JMI JMI Sports built Petco Park, and they're building the Aztec Stadium in Mission Valley, um, and they also want to do a brand new arena but they wanna make it a lot smaller. So they only wanna do 10,000 capacity, 8,000 fixed seats, which you know, a lot of people in this town really like to dream about the day that we can have a, like a NBA team or an NHL team. Um, and so JMI's vision seems to suggest that that is not a realistic way of thinking because um, the 10,000 capacity would really not allow for that. Um, and then the hometown SD also includes Monarch Group, Essex, and Eden Housing. They want to do 3,250 total units, of which 1,200 to 1,600, depending on the city's feedback, would be truly affordable, meaning 80% of that AMI or less. And their plan also includes office and retail, a 300-key hotel, 10,000 square feet reserved for a childcare facility, um, and 18 acres of parks and open space. And then Neighborhood Next, I just sat down with them yesterday and I haven't written anything yet, so I can't share exactly what they're proposing, but I will just say that they're completely different than all these other four teams. Um, hey, yeah, <laughs> that's all I can say, it's okay. different. Their, their Conam Group Community Housing Work works in Wakefield. And so I think what I will say to note is that they actually don't have an arena developer on their team. Their proposal does include an option for a new arena, an option for a renovated arena, and an option for something else. So more to come. 
obviously subscribe to the Union Tribune to read all about it. Love it. Great plug. My interest has definitely peaked. Okay. So, I mean, of the proposals you just went over, this sounds like, you know, a bunch of qualified, capable companies. So what is the decision going to come down to? Well, that is the million dollar, billion dollar question. These are probably all billion dollar projects at the end of the day. Um, We don't know. Here's what we do know. What happens now is these five teams are in a 90-day good faith negotiation period with the city. And it is a negotiation period, but really the city is going to try to level them off, level them out in terms of, you know, getting them to propose, you know, very similar programmatic elements so that the city can take the proposals to the city's land use and housing committee where city staff will get feedback and then um, those same proposals will go to full council where city staff again will get feedback. And so the rubric isn't isn't perfect, isn't specific. The one thing we do know from um, the state housing agency that's kind of overseeing everything to ensure that the land is used for affordable housing, we know that there has to be that 25% minimum commitment. Um, But we also know the city is supposed to give preference to teams based on how many total units they propose. Um, And let's see, I'm missing something, but total units plus percentage units. um, And and the city, of course, one of their development conditions is the arena. Uh, I think, you know, this is me purely speculating. the city won't want to give too much of a subsidy. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they will. But so a lot of it's going to come down to two, what the teams are willing to pay um, in terms of a ground lease, because this would be a long-term ground lease. So what they're willing to pay and what the city might have to give. Mm -hmm. Um, So the city is going to want to get the most without giving away the most as well. So there's, there's a lot TBD here. Well, what role does the public play in this? I mean, will we get to weigh in at all? Well, the public will have input opportunities. I don't know how much of a factor that will be. Um, So the first time like everyone can officially weigh in is that land use and housing committee. At that point, which I expect that'll be in March, um, at that point, all the proposals will become um, public record. They might be redacted in some way, shape, or form, but they will be released as, alongside other staff materials. And so people can call in to that meeting. You can kind of see the materials. You can you know, call your council member, obviously. And then again, at the full council meeting, that's another opportunity for public input. But I suspect that council members will direct staff to kind of make sure that the public has more input opportunities. What those look like when they happen, I don't know. Okay, so best case scenario, when do you think we could break ground on these projects? (laughs) (laughs) That's that's again, another billion dollar question. Um, I don't know. So the other wrinkle here is that all these proposals envision, like these proposals are really dense. So I don't think, you know, the magnitude of um, 3,250 units is is really hard for anyone to contemplate, but that is a heck of a lot of homes on a site with with just right now, you know, some, some warehouses, an arena and a huge parking lot. And so, Um, All these plans are envisioning homes or apartment, apartment homes in mid-rise towers that would extend well above 30 feet. And the Midway District 
has a 30 foot height restriction, voters overturn that or not overturn voters uh, remove the restriction um, last year. Um, but that vote is being contended in the courts and it looks like the courts are gonna wipe out that ballot box victory, which presents a little bit of a hurdle in terms of timing. There might have to be another vote. There might have to be an EIR that studies the impact of taller buildings. So that just adds time to the process because no team here is gonna do anything in that 30 foot height limit. It would just be impossible. Um, so my answer is, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. And I would say too, like after March, you know, if the city is able to pick, you know, the team that they want and then, in you know, March, April, May, June, they still have to go through a very full comprehensive negotiation process. Um, and for, for, for reference, what that looks like is months and months and months of hammering out sale terms and development conditions. And so the city is in active negotiations right now with the Padres, which, um, you know, they're trying to rede redevelop a, a parcel called Tailgate Park, and that's been over 18 months, right? So these processes take a while. Okay, Jennifer Van Grove covers growth and development at the UT. Thanks, Jen. Thanks. You can find more news online at sandiegouniontribune.com. Thanks for listening.